Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What is up, It's a Gold fam? Happy Monday. Really excited for this episode today. Today, my guest is Emily Mithner, serial entrepreneur with a focus on community building, social media, and digital marketing. Emily is an award-winning keynote speaker and adjunct professor. She can be found sharing her expertise at conferences, events, and teaching courses with 12 plus years of experience delivering engaging talks both online and offline. She's the co-founder of TravelCat, a global seven-figure e-commerce brand where she leads owned marketing efforts. In 2021, she opened her first short-term rental, Ken House. I'm a partner in that, and it's been an awesome experience, and launched a Catscale Hudson Valley short-term rental brand, getawayupstate.com. She also founded FindSpark, a career community of 33,000 that produced 250 plus diversity and recruitment programs for employers like NBC, L'Oreal, Hulu, American Express, and many more. Emily Mithner has been featured on Good Morning America and in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Glamour, and many others. Super excited for this episode today. As I mentioned, Emily and I have been working together, a short-term rental business brand in Kin House, which is an awesome short-term rental upstate. Today, we dive into her entrepreneurial journey, her story, how she's building her dream life, what it's like to build her dream life alongside with her both life partner and business partner and her husband, Ian. They work together full time. And yeah, super excited for this one. So with that, enjoy the show. Emily, thanks so much for coming to the Bits of Gold podcast. So excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me. So we obviously know each other quite well at this point. So I'm very excited to share your story. But just to kick things off, always like take these back to, you know, the beginning, I think that you look at life and business and career in a very unique lens, and through a very unique lens. And I'm very excited to just share your story, share your perspective and share with the world. Thanks. Great. Well, I'm excited to be here. So my quick career story is I had a lot of internships during college, had a lot of varied interests, which changed over time. But one thing that has been consistent throughout my career is I've always been really passionate about digital marketing and community building and marrying of the two of those things. And something I also realized getting further on in my career as another consistent theme was that I always put myself into roles that were not defined previously. So for instance, my first two jobs out of college, which were my first two only quote unquote real jobs, (laughs) were both roles that had never existed in the past. So I had fantastic bosses at both, but the bosses of me in those roles did not necessarily know more about what I was tasked with doing, which was social media and community at one large publishing company and one small startup. So I did also get that unique experience of being at both the 
corporate company and a startup company. And then ultimately, for the majority of my career, have been running my own businesses, so starting my own businesses. So the one that I have had for the longest is called FindSpark. And it is a career community of over 30,000, 33,000 people that focuses on connecting companies with diverse early career talent. And more recently, I have gotten into the e-commerce world. I'm the co-founder of a company called Travel Cat. We're the number one cat travel brand in the world. We're a global seven-figure e-commerce business. And most recently, I've gotten into real estate, which I'm sure we'll talk more about since we're doing that together. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, it's funny because I, I know you for so long and I actually have no idea what FindSpark is or about. I know that you know you help people. This is my understanding of it. You help people find work that they like, that they love. You're sort of like a connection point, you're a community, but obviously want to learn more about how that actually comes into play, how you started that, what that is, because uh, yeah, it's quite funny. I know you for quite some time and literally have no idea what FindSpark is. <laughs> Sure. Well, so I, I started building that company on the side pretty much during college, actually. So I have had that experience of having that side hustle and turning it into a full-time role. So that company technically has been around for about 10 years. And really, the reason for starting it was I just found that there was really a lack of career resources to help interns and recent grads early on in their careers connect with companies in interesting and fun ways and to really make networking and all the soft skills you don't really learn in college uh, actually enjoyable. And on the employer side, you know, from the beginning, FindSpark always really focused on being extremely inclusive in terms of building a community that welcomed people of all backgrounds, uh, diversity in a broad sense, but you know, everything from ethnicity to gender to socioeconomic background. So we built up this really diverse community that employers wanted access to because lots of employers struggle with not only, you know, hiring and attracting diverse talent, but retaining it. So we became a really great partner for creating unique, fun ways for companies to connect with our members. And we worked with tons of really, really great companies, big and small, a few including uh, NBC Universal, American Express, Hulu, Yelp, L'Oreal, huge list of employers that we worked with and really built all those relationships and built that community completely from scratch. Are you still working on FindSpark today? FindSpark has taken a bit of a backseat to the other things that I'm working on. It lives on in its content, but it isn't so active anymore. And you know, part of that was definitely because of the pandemic, I would say, because, you know, up until 2019, we were still a huge part, a major part of what we were doing was producing in-person events and especially large-scale events. Um, so that took a backseat, obviously, but we had always the entire time been producing virtual events in the 10 years we existed. So it wasn't hard for us to transition into virtual, but, you know, I'm sure one of the things we can talk about today is just you know, you work on something for 10 years, you have success. It's a, you know, huge part of your life. But uh, ultimately, I've gotten to the point where I've had, you know, these other new interests and in businesses that have taken the focus. We'll get into Airbnb. But I know you also have your cat backpack, the number one D2C cat travel brand in the world. So how long are you building that? And I guess, one, how did the idea come about? When did you decide to launch it? I'd love to 
discuss a little bit about the history and then also get into like how it worked trying to balance both building fine spark as well as your cat backpack yes so we my husband and i who were just dating at the time but we've been together now for 13 years so uh, we started travel cat together Basically, instead of going on a date one Friday night, we launched a website together because that's the type of people we are. You weren't dating yet. No, we were dating. We were. We, we've been together for 13 years and we launched this in 2017. So we weren't okay. married yet, but you know, we had 10 years, I think, under our belt at that point. So we were inspired to start the company because in 2017, we rescued a kitten on a whim from a neighbor's backyard. And we had never been cat people. Neither of us had ever had cats in our lives, although I had had many animal, many pets growing up, except for cats, because my parents were allergic. So never thought about getting pets together, found this kitten, took her home, became cat people hard and fast. And in our research to become you know, the best cat parents we could, we found a handful of things. So one, there's a lot of misconceptions about being a cat owner, a cat guardian. You know, a lot of people were saying to us, oh, well, you know, you two are really busy, but cats are easy, so you'll be fine. And really what we discovered is that, you know, cats have a lot of energy <laughs> and they need a lot of attention and care and enrichment and stimulation. And I think a lot of people just don't realize that they think that they sleep all day. And then number two, we found that there's a big gap in the market for cat-focused brands and products. And so we took our digital backgrounds, him with a focus on paid marketing, myself with a focus on organic and community you know, owned marketing, and decided to launch this brand Travel Cat, which would focus on products that help you safely explore beyond the great indoors with your cat. So uh, we launched with cat backpacks and cat harnesses, and we now have a full line of cat travel products. And our focus has and always will be to focus solely on cats, which is a huge reason why we have been able to stand out in the market. Wow, that's that's amazing. When you first launched, did you first launch with a backpack? Was that the first SKU? Yes. Yes. A few, a few backpack SKUs. And how soon after you launched were you like, we're onto something here, we have something here? Was it like immediately right when you launched or was it months, a year? At what point did you say, hey, we actually have a business here? You know, it's definitely a slow build. I don't remember this sort of exact moment. I mean, it's so, we built the shop on Shopify, which is an amazing tool. And, you know, it's just every day we were getting sales thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And the sales volume per day went up and up. And there were a lot of different stages from, you know, not being able to pack our own orders anymore to realizing, oh, yeah, duh, of course, we should be carrying cat harnesses as well. And then that skew blows up and becomes even bigger than the backpacks themselves to having a nightmare 3PL experience and deciding to take it in house, you know, so but one thing that I think is might be interesting for your listeners and something that was a experience for me is that like you mentioned I was building Travel Cat at the same time as I was fully focused on Fine Spark. And so I actually hid Travel Cat for at least a good year or so, a year and a half because I felt like people would think it was weird and it was so different than Fine Spark in every way shape and form. And I put a lot of pressure on myself thinking about, well, what are other people going to think if they see I'm doing this other thing, which is something I'm sure a lot of people struggle with when they might be considering 
some sort of transition. Maybe a side hustle too. Mm -hmm. How difficult was it also just to manage the workload of both Travel Cat, you know, and Find Spark at the same time? How do you divvy it up? Because I'm assuming when you first launched, you were full time Find Spark, and this was like, this is going to be the side, my side project. I'm going to push this up. This, I'm going to push this boulder up on the weekends and sort of see what we can make here. Yeah. So I mean, the great thing was we, Ian and I were working uh, and have always been working on it together. So it wasn't like I was doing it all on my own, which is, is a great tip for, you know, having a side project to see if it has legs, you know, to get other people involved. But it was hard. I mean, I've always worked really hard and worked a lot. And I work on things that I think are fun. So, you know, in the time that I was especially in the beginning stages of Travel Cat, you know, to me, it was sort of like a hobby instead of watching TV, you know, I'm running the Instagram, I'm DMing people, I'm researching new products and doing that instead of, you know, being in a sports league or (laughs) going out on the weekend. So it, it was a lot of fun. And I think that's something that I'm realizing, you know, I thrive on is having a few things going on, you know, and also new ventures and new verticals and new types of businesses can really help to, you know, kind of grow, yeah, just grow your experience because I learned a lot from Travel Cat that could translate over into Fine Spark and vice versa, even though they're so completely different. What do you think is like the five year vision for your cat backpack? So I mean, we want to just continue to focus on cat and build out our product line and continue to be a thought leader in the space of, you know, doing more with your cat and being a better cat parent. So, you know, we're already leading the charge in the space of sort of changing people's mindsets. So, you know, being able to grow, create more products and also do more to support our community. You know, that's my background. That's what I bring to the table. And we've been able to do more and more interesting things uh, from hosting virtual events to sponsoring some of our members to take clicker training courses to hosting a half day virtual cat summit. You know, these are things that we're able to do that again, really separate us from other brands and pet brands specifically that we're really educating and bringing our community together and not just selling a product. So one thing I want to highlight in your story that I find, you know, pretty unique in today's day and age is you guys are bootstrapped, right? You guys have never taken on investor investor money. So I did take on investor money for FindSpark. We haven't taken on investor money for TravelCat, but we have gotten financing in different ways, which I'm actually a big proponent of people considering financing that is not private investors. I think that's the sexy thing is to fundraise and get investors. But, you know, we got a great loan from a city program called BOC Capital that was like a 6% interest <laughs> loan, you know, of, uh, well, I won't say the amount, but, you, you know, there's there's other things you can do besides raising private money. And sometimes it's a lot easier and it's lower interest and lower stress. Bootstrapped in terms of no no private investors. Yeah. You know, in today's day and age, like raising money, quickly throwing a lot of money at advertising is what is very much like the sexy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my own experience with with doing that and it did not work in my favor. You know, I thought like, oh, I'm doing the right things here. I've raised a little bit of money. We're starting to build out a brand. This is going well because, you know, by definition of what like the media is deeming as, hey, this is mm-hmm. this is what you do to build a successful business. So it's pretty unique that you guys have focused more on profits, haven't focused on like taking investor money and trying to scale this thing as quickly as possible and have really taken a much more 
you know, stable, slow and steady approach. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Ian's a huge part of that. We have always, always been about profitability, about really closely looking at our numbers, like incredibly close. And we do that more and more now as we scale. You know, really for us, the reason that we needed funding was inventory and continues to be inventory. For instance, we got two different loans from that program I mentioned, BOC Capital, and one was actually a loan that was specifically for if we got a huge purchase order from, say, a large pet store chain, they would put up the money to place the order because, you know, we wouldn't have gotten the money from that huge pet store chain for, you know, 90 days after receipt or something like that. And, you know, as a small business, that's really tough. So really inventory has been the main thing that we've needed the money for. You know, otherwise we've been able to grow and sustain profitably and we're extremely proud of that. What's it like working with your husband full-time in a business? Because I'm sure that's met with, you know, it can't be all that simple. And how do you guys turn off work? You know, like I can imagine sitting together at a, Friday night dinner or a Saturday night dinner and it's like a date night or a vacation. And I imagine it's much more challenging to actually unplug from work. It is, but it's really a lot of fun though, I would say. Like I, you know, we've both founded multiple businesses and I'm always very proud to say that the one, the only one that we work on 50-50 is the most successful one that we have. And I think that's for a reason. The best parts of working together with your partner, in my opinion, is that you on a daily basis get to see them kick ass at their job. You know, you get to see how good they are at the thing that they're good at and you understand it and you feel it like you feel you see it and you feel the impact of the person doing a great job. And I think that is not something that a lot of couples have. You know, a lot of couples maybe don't even understand what each other's jobs are, you know, and they, they'll ask you about it and you'll talk about it, but there's not an actual real deep understanding. And so I think that actually adds a lot more just daily appreciation into the relationship. Obviously, there's there's challenges as well, right? So the, the separating, I mean, I think one of the main things that we might get into fights about or stress, you know, have stressful situations is when maybe there's not as much of a clear delineation of tasks, but that happens very rarely because we have such defined roles that are so different. But I think when there's a crossover where we need to do more collaboration, that's something that we're working on is, you know, with the entire team, we've done a really good job of setting up more consistent touch bases and meetings. And sometimes when you're in the same apartment and you feel like, oh, I'm with you all the time and we can talk to each other whenever, but you really have to set up those same specific time frames to meet and connect to make sure that you're staying on the same page and really giving that dedicated time to each other. Yeah. Are you talking specifically about meeting around work or just making time for each other more as it relates to just like continuing to build your relationship? Sure. Well, I was talking about work in that situation, but you know, we do also, but now it goes the same for personal side of things, actually, because same thing, like I just mentioned, you know, just because you're in this, and this is a good relationship tip really for anybody working from home with their partner, just because you're in the same room together does not mean that you're getting quality time. Being physically close (laughs) doesn't mean anything. So you really have to carve out the quality time and 
you know, set some boundaries. You know, for us, we have a few times and places that are, say, phone-free zones. Like we eat dinner every night at the dinner table and we put our phones away and on silent, like off the table. And we uh, work on taking walks and our walks are always, you know, phone-free zones, right? So you're not supposed to pick up your phone during walks. So, you know, I think coming up with times like those where, you know, you just have that trust that if your phone goes off, the person's not going to pick it up or it's not going to go off because it's on silent. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me. Like I have a note on my wall that's right in front of me. That's like, don't bring my phone to bed. And I still bring my phone to bed quite a bit. And to me, it's just crazy that we actually live in this world that you need a reminder that like your phone is literally like basically, you know, attached to you in many ways. And like, it's crazy. I I think about even going on a vacation. I've always viewed like vacation as like, oh, cool. Now I'm going to take my computer and I'm going to be on the beach and it's going to be this awesome view and I'm going to be working remotely. And that's sort of like, I'm not going to be as plugged in as I normally would be, but I'm still somewhat connected to like the work world. Even when I'm on vacation, I cannot tell you the last time I went on vacation where I didn't bring my book or my phone and like was not sporadically checking it throughout the day. Yeah. So I think that that's something as I've gotten older, I'm not as interested in anymore. I'm not as interested in being you know, a slave to work really anymore. You know, I worked really, really, really hard. I have always worked very, very hard. And I'm at the point in my life where I want to enjoy it. You know, like, you know, what is the point of having flexibility and working for yourself and building up great systems if you can't take advantage of them? You know, if you can't take the vacation or spend time with your family or care for a sick loved one, you know, without being distracted by work. So, you know, I think it's really important if you run a business, if you want it to be sustainable and you don't want to burn out, that you set up systems and build a team that can really support having a balanced lifestyle where, you know, you're able to take that time off. Because, you know, also time off and brain breaks, they give you ideas, you know, they give you space. A huge thing that is missing from people's day to day, I think most people's is just space and silence you know, there's this huge pressure to always feel productive. And so, you know, mind wandering like happens so rarely because any moment where your mind might wander, if you're taking a walk, if you're standing in line at the store, you know, our first instinct is to grab the phone and to distract mm. ourselves with something. But letting your mind wander is where, you you know, why does everyone say I come up with ideas in the shower? Because Hopefully that's not a place you're bringing your phone, (laughs) you know, so I think it's important to give breaks and that's something that I feel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Really passionate about just because you care about something and you love something and you love your work, if you're lucky enough for that to be the case, there's nothing negative about wanting to take time off from that, right? Like you can love your work and be super passionate about it and not want to work 24 seven on it. And that's okay. And that doesn't mean you're any less passionate about it. Yeah, I read something like the other day that was someone creating a post about how he always viewed his level of success as it relates to him building his business as do I need to be involved. And like, Hmm. as the business continued to get stronger, and the business fundamentals were like better and better, and the team was bigger he was needed much less, 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 and less. And he was saying that like, that's when I actually had the best business Mm -hmm. when I had the least involvement in my business, which I thought was like an interesting perspective. And he said that that's like the metric that he uses for how good the business is that he's building now. Yeah. And I think just being realistic about the lifestyle that you want, you know, could we build, could we raise, you know, millions of dollars for Travel Cat and have a team of 50? Yeah, I 100% believe we could do that if we wanted that. But, you know, we're not really interested in that. You know, we've liked the way that we've built the team very slowly but surely. We do a lot of contractor. We love hiring experts, you know, experts in the things that we get the ground-based knowledge on and enough that we can say, okay, now we can hire the expert and we can oversee them. But, you know, we're not managing it day to day. That's worked really effectively for us. And if you want to build the 50-person company or 100-person company, whatever, that's fine as well. But obviously, that's going to create a much different lifestyle and level of stress. Yeah, 100%. So it sounds like you've gotten more intentional about focusing on like fewer things and focusing your energy and time around the businesses that you really want to focus on building. And I guess I'm curious, what's led you to this point of realization or just like this understanding of, okay... This year, I want to do fewer things, focus more, and see how I could build these things to be greater, bigger, better, less stress. I'm just curious what sort of shaped this to be your mindset going into 2022. Yes. I think I've just gotten a sense of the sort of lifestyle and and life that I find enjoyable and manageable, you know, consistently. And so I realized, for instance, in the last year that, right, I I needed to cut things. Like 2022 for my husband and I were, you know, we've been saying it's the year of focus, you know, focusing on less things. And, you know, part of that is because there's just so much opportunity with Travel Cat, for instance, and we just feel like we're barely scratching the surface. And both of us, if we had more time for it, we know there's just a massive potential. And so yeah, there's just things here and there that we've realized we should cut down on. And it can be sad, you know, it's sad to let go of certain things in your life or your career that were such big parts of it before. But I'd say I wish I had just accepted earlier that it's okay to adjust and shift your focus and to really not care about perception of what your network or, you know, might think of that. Ian, you know, always reminds me, you know, people care way less than you think about what you're doing. Everyone, you know, everyone just cares about themselves. And, you know, it's true. Like most people are really not paying that much attention to everybody else. And so just focusing on 
what makes you happy. And if that's a total career shift or change or different vertical, just do you. And, you know, I, yeah, I wish I had just embraced it a bit sooner, this bit of a transition. Yeah, that makes sense. I read something recently that said, like, sometimes to get to great, you have to be willing to give up what's good. It was some mm-hmm. variation of that. And I really like that because sometimes in your life, it's like you have something that's going for you that's good, but you know you you have more or you want to do something different that you believe could be better. And it's not really so much that like the grass is greener because obviously a lot of people will tell themselves some narrative around, oh, the grass is greener. I want to do that as opposed to what I'm doing today. But sometimes like truly, you know, like you have to give up the thing that is good in your life to focus on the thing that you want to go and make great. Yeah. And also, I just wanted to learn something new. You know, I am a learner. I like I mentioned, you know, I've never had jobs that were handed to me with a manual. You know, I've always been the person that's figuring things out, that's given goals and thrives on making stuff up to get, you know, to reach that goal without having someone telling me what to do. And so when you've done something for 10 years, you know, you feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) You know, I know how this works. And to then throw myself into an entirely new industry, you know, the pet industry, filled with strangers, filled with nobody who knows who I am, you know, nobody's heard of me, you know, and same for e-commerce, right? I've been working for the past couple of years now and building up my name in the e-commerce world. And it's a fun challenge because again, nobody knows who I am. (laughs) Um, Whereas in the world of say HR and diversity and inclusion with FindSpark, you know, I had my, I was building my reputation and my company for 10 years. So a lot of, you know, huge network, a lot of people knew who I was and now, you know, starting over in a sense, but I like it. You know, I like taking my own tips of, you know, networking and reaching out to people and um, building, you know, sort of new community. So it's been very invigorating for me to break into new worlds and learn new things because that's just the type of person I am. I love, I love learning. Would you say that that's sort of what gets you out of bed in the morning when you try to, as you're trying to grow your business or as you try a new business and we'll get into Airbnb in a second, like your curiosity about seeing what else is out there, seeing what you can do. What what would you say is like the driving force when you wake up in the morning and you're like, hey, I'm going to try this thing today? I mean, there's different things. You know, it says like I commit. When, I, when we decide we're doing something, I really go hard on the learning. So yeah, I think it's just the excitement to learning new things, the excitement to seeing, the excitement of seeing the results of my work. You know, it is nice to for instance, being e-commerce where, you know, it's like every day you're seeing the sales come in and, and you can see sometimes very quickly the results of the things that you do. You know, when it comes to Travel Cat, I absolutely adore being back in the world of animals. So a fun, you know, past Emily Emily's life uh, story is that my family actually had an animal party business growing up. So I had literally a basement full of animals and we would do, you know, birthday parties for kids and I would help my dad, you know, at the animal birthday parties, pass around the animals to be pet, you know, and we had snakes and guinea pigs and iguanas and rabbits and everything. They were all in your house. Yes. Well, except the rabbits and the ferrets were outside and the turtles were outside, but everything else was in the basement. (laughs) How many animals? would have 40 to 50 at any given time. Oh my God. Like true, yeah, amazing childhood. And I actually thought I wanted to be a vet growing up, but then I realized that I couldn't put animals down. That would be too sad for me. So 
didn't end up happening. But, you know, once I went to college and graduated, you know, I, I had no pets in my life for, you know, a long time, like 10 plus years. And now to be able to have a company that, you know, is all about the joy of animal, you know, animal companionship. It's amazing. I love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get more involved. I'm actually looking into figuring out what sort of animal behavior certificate I might get, you know, moving forward so I can really learn more about cats and how we can create the best products for them. So, yeah, I think that's very exciting. And from the short-term rental side of things, which I'd love to chat about, I absolutely adore the hospitality side of things. I think that drives you a lot as well. I really just love the idea of creating an incredible experience for people, which also comes from my background with FindSpark and hosting events. I think hospitality is just sort of in my blood. So I that's definitely something that drives me from the short-term rental side of things. So what would you say? A year and a half ago, you knew nothing about real estate? A year ago? A year Correct. and a half ago? Yeah. So where do you even start? You decided you wanted to get into short-term rentals. Where do you even start? How did you start? How do you figure out that like, hey, I'm going to go and open up a short-term rental business? So I actually hosted Airbnb or hosted a room out of my apartment on Airbnb illegally for about two to three years, many, many years ago. <laughs> so I had an early experience on Airbnb when it just launched. I mean, this was, I think, 2012-ish. And I loved it. I rented out the living room in my railroad apartment and got really good reviews. And I, again, I love the hospitality side of things, but, you know, eventually my boyfriend moved in, Ian. So we stopped doing that. But, you know, I've always loved upstate New York. Ian and I have been going up there for a long time because his brother went to college there. And I love woods. I love the, I love nature. Like I mentioned, you know, animal party business. I've just always been like an outdoorsy person. So that area always really appealed to us. And when Ian started getting into real estate, you know, with you guys, and even before then, it was just the idea of like having a house up there was very appealing. But then, yeah, as we started learning more formally about real estate investing, that's when I started thinking, oh, well, what if we have a short-term rental up there and, you know, you know, we can use it and then have, you know, rent it out. And then as we learned more about real estate, it became more of an option of, hey, this could be like actually just a really great investment vehicle for us as we are, you know, growing our assets and, and what we're doing. You know, real estate seemed like an obvious next step. That's awesome. It's it's funny with the real estate. Like I I look at what I've learned over the last year, year and a half of real estate, and like knowing what I know now versus what I knew a year, year and a half ago, it's interesting because I've learned as a result of reading, studying, meeting with people, going to homes. I don't know how you just go and buy a house without knowing. Like like if I were to just be an actual consumer of a house and just going, hey, I need to buy a mm. house to live in. There's so much to know that. It's very complicated when you know nothing. Yeah. And then at the same time, I would say probably a lot of people in real estate get into analysis paralysis. You know, I was consuming so much content about the short-term rental side of things where eventually I remember actually going to Ian saying, you have to stop me from listening to podcasts and <laughs> gathering information because I literally think that I've gathered all the information that I need now we just need to make decisions. Like it was just, you know, getting 
to be sort of too much because there's so much information out there about real estate. I would say that, you know, my tip for anyone for getting into real estate would be find a few sources that you like, you know, maybe that's a podcast, maybe that's a blog or a YouTube channel and just stick to those people. Like find a few sources because there's just so many out there. And honestly, a lot of people give a lot of really bad advice or advice that might be incredibly not relevant to you and your situation and what you're trying to do. Uh, I actually have an article on my site, uh, which is just myname.com slash blog that I put together of my favorite short-term rental resources because, yeah, it can get very overwhelming. But eventually I was like, you know, we have the information we need. Yeah, we knew what we had to do to do a good job in a sense. So eventually you just have to make decisions and dive in. What do you think, you know, is your vision for where you want to take like your real estate investing career or what you're what you're doing in real estate now on the short-term rental space? What do you think is your, your, your five-year vision with that? Sure. Well, I don't think I've actually said what we have so far. So I feel like I should share. <laughs> Share that. I mean, so we, you know, our goal has been from the beginning to have a a small suite of rental properties in the upstate New York area. And we started by opening our first short-term rental late last year. Uh, It's a 2,600 square foot, four bedroom, two and a half bath house. It's pretty big one. Didn't think that we were going to start so big, but We found it and we loved it. Uh, It's in an amazing location. It is chock full of amenities. And it was a really incredible learning experience. So we renovated, uh, we fully gutted the kitchen, a bathroom, finished a laundry room. We did a lot of flooring, painting. So did a decent amount of renovations. And I basically was the general contractor for that project, working with four different people to make it all happen during COVID, which was very stressful with supply chain issues, with materials being in stock. I mean, Dan, you know, like we made a trip up together, I remember one time, yeah. because we had to go to that specific Home Depot <laughs> to get that flooring on that day, you know. So yeah, that was an incredibly stressful period of my life was the three months it took to open to close or close to open of the house. But um, it's one of my biggest achievements, I would say, just doing that from knowing nothing. But I think it's very, you know, I like to share that because, you know, like you said, I I knew nothing a year and a half. And my background has not really much to do with real estate at all. I think real estate involves so many different things that whatever your background might be, I'm sure you could bring something valuable to the real estate space, whether that's marketing or project management or communication skills, because it involves a lot of that stuff. So but anyone can learn it. Anyone can really get involved. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think has been like the most surprising thing to you since actually putting the house on the market and since we started renting it? That more things haven't gotten damaged? <laughs> maybe <laughs> that, that we haven't had as many issues. I mean, I feel like we've maybe had like the typical amount of issues you might think, you know, someone broke our hot tub, but they paid for it and it only cost $200. We lost a guest reservation because of an ice storm and had to pay an extra, you know, $500 for our property manager to make sure our pipes didn't freeze. We had a dog chew a remote, you know, (laughs) or get a remote replaced. But I mean, think overall, the guests have been really great and they've been really happy. And we have our five star reviews across the board to to show that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious. So, you know, I know we spoke about being more intentional about 
your work and the things that you're choosing to focus on. I'm curious how you think through and define success in your life and how it's evolved, I guess, from like your early 20s to now. And I'm also curious, like, do you do anything as it relates to goal setting or, you know, just setting setting annual goals in, in your life? I'm very curious about that as well. Yeah, so I would definitely set goals earlier on in my career, but definitely not as intentionally, I don't think. And as I've gotten older and more experienced and with these newer businesses, definitely have, you know, worked with Ian more because, you know, now most of the things we do, we do together in some way, shape or form, like he does, you know, the real estate with us, co-founder of Travel Cat with me. So we've gotten much more intentional about our goals. So we, starting a couple of years ago, do our annual goals, but then we do our five-year out goals as well. We put them on little sticky notes so we can kind of move them around and adjust. So that's been helpful. And we look at them every so often to make sure we're on track. In terms of you know what we see as success, I think setting those goals and reaching for them, uh, making sure that they are challenging but realistic is definitely important. And you know, not being afraid to change them too. Again, that's something that I've gotten better at, like not being afraid to say, you know what, this isn't working. I'm just going to take this off the goal chart and not feel bad about it because we've decided it's not important anymore. And yeah, I think success has become more and more now building that sort of lifestyle that we want, where we want to be able to have the time to do things that we want to do outside of work while also really pushing hard to you know, grow these businesses as much as we can and, you know, build our wealth and our assets so that, you know, we can have wonderful, happy lives, <laughs> you know, in the long term, I think. balance and But, you know, balancing, like we want to have fun now, <laughs> but also be thinking about the future at, at the same time. It sounds like you do a, like an exceptional job at, you know, balancing your life, really, especially as someone who's involved in a few businesses and who works with their significant other and building those businesses, like balancing both work and life. Would you say, is that like one of the biggest challenges or at this point, like you feel you're really at this point of like, we do a very good job of balancing our life and we've done a lot of work to get here. We've done a lot of work to get here. I guess the word balance is maybe not the best word, but more of like an ebb and flow. So for instance, when I was working on opening Kin House and Getaway Upstate, so everyone should be sure to follow at Getaway Upstate on Instagram. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. So just to share with the listeners too, so right, so Kin House and the short-term rental project is, it's you, it's me and Ian and two other people, right? So there's five of us, but I was always the lead of that project. And I knew I had never done it before, obviously. So taking that into account. So I knew that the next three months of my life were going to be insanely busy, you know, and I would be working very long days and I would not have a lot of personal time. And I was ready for that. I knew that was coming and I worked so hard and it was like the most <laughs> stressful, crazy time of my life. And after that, you know, I said to Ian, I said, I need a break. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not doing anything new <laughs> for the next few months, you know, and so just I think being able to recognize that sort of ebb and flow and give breaks because, you know, I knew I could not work the way that I worked those three months, you know, more than that, you know, so yeah, I think it's just, we know when the busy times are, we know when we're able to take a break, you know, we, we did a three week road trip with our two cats this 
past February, you know, January into February, because that's a slow time because of Chinese New Year. You know, it's just kind of recognizing when you'll need to work really hard so that you can also take the breaks that you need. And it might not be so consistent all the time. It might ebb and flow. But that's something that I'm, I try to be very careful about. Like we work really hard, but we also make sure that we are celebrating that work and taking breaks as well. And it's not always easy. And it's also, it can definitely be difficult to be on the same page as your partner, whether that's a business partner or a you know life partner. But I think just having a lot of communications about where you are personally is important. Makes complete sense. Well, we could start to wrap up the show. We covered quite a bit in this episode. The Bits of Gold podcast is all about building your dream life. And I know there were plenty of bits of gold in this one. But with that being said, what would be your bits of gold on how to build a life you love? Just do you and don't consider everybody else within your life and career choices, I would say. I think most people probably think that the world is watching them way more than they are, or they unfortunately are, you know, feel pressure from family and friends, business partners, whatever it may be. But, you know, I, whether it's giving advice through FindSpark programs or just general business advice, I think it's just really important to recognize that only you know what's best for you. And so you have to be able to ultimately make your own decisions about your path and really own it and commit to it. Love it. Where can people find you, connect with you, follow you so they can be watching you at all your moves? (laughs) 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 So I am my name. So Emily Mithner on, you know, all platforms. If you want to connect with me professionally, connect with me on LinkedIn for sure. Emily Mithner, my name will be spelled in the show notes so you can find me. And definitely follow Getaway Upstate on Instagram, our short-term rental portfolio. And you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow Travel Cat on Instagram, but we are at Your Cat Backpack on Instagram and yourcatbackpack.com if you want to check that out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you like this episode, please take a minute, share with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Really helps with growing the show. With that, enjoy your week and keep building your dream life. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 